0: Our scripture reading today is from Psalm 119, verses 129 through 136, and our message today is entitled, Godly Sorrow, Godly Joy. This is the Lord's Word. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words give light, it imparts understanding to the simple I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments turn to me and be gracious to me as is your way with those who love your name keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity get dominion over me Redeem me from man's oppression that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. Good morning, everyone. Before we start, let's just say... Hello to one another once again, just to the people to the left of you, to the right of you. We gather here today in the name of the Lord. And the beautiful thing about (laughs) worshiping on Sundays is that we as God's people, we understand that we're not actually going to worship, but God is actually calling us to worship, We're not actually saying in our minds, you know, I think it would be good to go to church. Sort of like a human response of saying, you know, I need some good moral teaching today. I need something to pick me up today. But worship on Sunday is God calling his people. As if God has sort of text messaged you or however you get your information or your, your communication. And God says to you, come. Come and worship me. Come. Come and eat and drink of, of the Word of God. Come. Let's pray together and encourage one another in my name. Come with your sins, with your worries, with your problems. And just come. Our hearts come in response to that. And so I praise God when when you're here. And I pray and hope that in gathering here together, you sense that it's not something I'm attending. But you hear God's voice saying to you, it is good to be here. It's good for you to be here to worship me. And so we gather once again to worship our God, our creator, our savior, the only one who has given life to us, and the one who will keep our life to the very, very end. Our sermon title today, Godly Sorrow, Godly Joy, Last week, we saw in Psalm 119 that the affliction that God honors most above all else is the affliction when God's people are trying to live a godly life. It's when God's people project with their hearts and their words and their actions that they know Jesus. They wear it on their sleeves. It comes out in, in their words of kindness. It comes out when, when they talk about their passions and their joy. It's, it's the Lord and what he's done for us. And the world may mock us. No, no. The world will mock us at times. We ourselves, our old selves, will feel ashamed because we don't want to deal with conflict. But God's word showed us last week that That type of affliction, persecution for the sake of the gospel, is the only affliction where God guarantees his comfort and consolation in your life. It is the only time where you'll see God's presence and his fullness in your life. And so last week, we we talked about that we as God's people. Yes, we we have affliction because the world is broken. Yes, we have affliction just because people are, are, are broken as well. But we talked about last week that those types of afflictions are afflictions that all creation experiences. But the affliction of knowing Jesus and loving Jesus... And being called out for that is unique to us. I posted an article from CNN, I think about last week. And it's a story that touched my heart because when I was at the EM conference forum in Washington, D.C., I mean three weeks ago, I had a chance to talk with my friend, uh, Michael O. Oh. He's the uh, president of the Lausanne movement right now. And as many of you know, you know in the PCA, there's this... Huge thing going on about race relations, about racial reconciliation. Now, I was sitting next to Michael and I said, You know, Michael, what does the global church think about the US and think about all these issues we have about identity politics and stuff like that? Whether it's feminism, whether it's racism, whether, whether it's all this stuff. What, what does the, what does the, how does the, the global church look at that? And he told me this story before he even came on. Uh, this article. He said, he didn't address it, he simply said, Well, there's a 16 year old girl who was kidnapped by the Boko Haram. And, well, they, they kidnapped a whole bunch of girls. And then they re- released them. By God's mercy, they released them. But they released them on the condition that they would turn to Allah and renounce their faith. But there's this one girl named Leah, 16 years old. She didn't renounce her faith. And he, she's still with them. And he proceeded to, to, he proceeded to say to me, you know what they're doing to her. We all know what, what she's experiencing. But she refuses to renounce her faith. And that was his response to me. And it spoke volumes to me of getting perspective as God's people of what we need to really fight for, of what we really need to pray for, of where the battle truly is. It's people like Leah that we need to pray for. But it's people like Leah who receive the full comfort and consolation of God himself. For us as God's people, our affliction, our suffering, comes at simply living the Christian life. And so I encourage all of you to get your house in order. To live for the Lord. To be courageous to see the Lord's presence in your life. In the midst of following our God. Psalm 119 is about finding that comfort. It's about finding that comfort in his word. It's about finding that comfort in his testimonies. It's about finding that comfort in his commandments, and his statutes. It's about us as God's people reveling in the word of God to such an extent that we literally go hungry Without it, God's word comforts those who have been afflicted according to God's word. God's word comforts those who are suffering according to God's word. So I pray and I hope that when you read God's word, you're comforted because your affliction, your suffering is because of your desire to follow the Lord. You know, if we continue to read all of Psalm 119, this theme comes over and over and over and over again. And as your pastor, I wish I could legislate I really do. I wish I could legislate reading God's word. I wish I could legislate uh, meditating on his precepts. I wish I could legislate your heart turning to love God's word more than anything else. I can't legislate it. But there's something greater than that, is there not? Simply God's word, testifying about God's word. Simply your life and your own personal stories of God's word in your life. May that scream to you. May that reverberate in in your cranium, (laughs) about the goodness of our God. Now today, I I want to really talk pretty briefly about one aspect of the believer's heart and his love for God's word and his love for his law. And this is verse in 136. It's one of my favorite verses in all of scripture because it's a check for me and I hope a check for you of where my heart lies. Look at this verse. It says, My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. Uh, First, let's, let's look at that first part of that sentence. My eyes shed streams of tears. The psalmist is lamenting but not simply lamenting in mind, oh boy, that's that's a shame, and move on. It's not simply a random thought that comes to his mind that he thinks, you know, it is a, a really bad thing that X, Y, and Z is happening. Oh well. I'll just say a quick prayer and move on. But the emotional response to the psalmist is one not simply one tear or two tears, but streams of tears of a man or a woman bawling uncontrollably out of sadness. It's a vivid picture of someone who is distraught and coming undone. Do you remember the last time you were so undone that you simply cried uncontrollably and you were inconsolable? Perhaps people were around you and going, something is really wrong with this person. Or perhaps you've witnessed it, you've seen it perhaps at a funeral, the death of a loved one. Perhaps you're seeing injustice so heinous. Perhaps your own suffering to the point that you just lost it. God hears your tears, and I'm not minimizing them. God hears your suffering, and God is present there as well. But there's a reason why He can hear your tears, and that's because God Himself suffered as you have suffered. And Jesus himself shed tears. As you have shed tears. But there's something different about this, right? There's something different about this. Let me back up a little bit. There's been times in my life, probably your life, when you are broken to the uttermost and just tears flowed. If you watch enough Korean dramas, you know it's because someone broke up. Someone died. Someone, you know, someone got backstabbed. Something really shameful happened. and your, your heart goes out and, and tears fall. But have you ever come to the point in your life where instead of simply crying for yourself or crying for someone else, have tears ever come out of your eyes when you realized how much Jesus loves you and how much he suffered for you. Have tears ever come from your eyes when you realize how much you should be punished and yet God's presence and love still remains with you? You know when I was younger and I would go through these hard times I would just cry it out go to the Lord say Lord please comfort me and the Lord will comfort me and, and I move on and that's been wonderful but as I got older it, it changed when my heart was really heavy with something and I felt like I was suffering I felt like like I need to cry out to the Lord for this my perspective changed a little bit. Instead of crying out to the Lord for my suffering, I began to repent. Why? Because I said to myself, why can't I be somber and tearful about my sins and about God's love for me as much as I am for my own suffering or for the suffering of others? Why is it when I read the stories of Jesus and what he's done for me that I don't shed a tear anymore? The psalmist is saying here, I shed tears. I shed lots of tears. And his reason is likewise, he says, because people do not keep your laws. You know, what I, I remember reading this when I was in, in high school and college, and I'm going, this is, this is a strange thing to cry about. I mean, do you guys cry if someone doesn't keep the speed limit? <laughs> do, do tears come out when, you know, you I don't know, when, you, when your friend misses a, uh, uh, forgets about a, um, sort of, sorry, misses a, uh, a meeting with you or misses a, a dinner time with you? get mad, but, you know, you streams of tears don't fall out. Should I cry when I see people in this world disobeying God? Should I shed tears when people have wronged me? because they have disobeyed God instead of shedding tears because they've wronged me. And the answer to that in this passage is yes. I want you to think about this? For many of us, we want to take justice in our own hands. We, we look at the circumstances in our lives and we say that I am just of being angry. I am just in my sorrow. I am just to react the way I'm reacting because my circumstances led me to be this way, and it's just what I am. I am just to feel like I've been oppressed. And all of a sudden what happens is your sense of Tears, your sense of sorrow just comes back and centers upon you. Psalmist never says that. Psalmist, yes, says remove me from the from oppression of, of people. Yes, it says that I have affliction because people are, are, are persecuting me because I believe in you. I trust in you. But the sense of tears, the sense of sorrow, it's not about me being affected. The the, the sense of tears and sorrows is because God's name and God's law and God's personhood is being affronted. And our love goes to the Lord. Our tears fall for the Lord. And then our heart softens for the other people who are around here. There are two things in summary that you have to do. When you are in godly, when you do have sorrow in your life, when you do have pain and reflection, and those emotions come up, and those tears start to flow, I urge you, instead of simply saying, Help me, Lord, help me, Lord, I want you to start thinking, Help my tears to be just as fervent. Help my sense of justice to be just as fervent for you and what you've done for me. Help me to say, I can't believe they crucified you on the cross, and that was me who was part of that as well. I can't believe that my tears are so weak for you and so strong for me. Help me. Then number two, when you sense God's comfort coming to you because you understand how much God loves you, Then you can love the people who have wronged you. You can overcome your circumstances. You can overcome those emotions that are rooted in bitterness in your life. And you can move on to show God's grace and mercy to them. Tears must flow not for ourselves. No, you don't need to cry for yourself anymore. You know why? You're saved. You know Jesus. Jesus knows you. You don't have to cry. But joy comes in knowing that we have hope in our God. Tim Keller likes to say that the opposite of joy is not sorrow. But the opposite of joy is hopelessness. The sorrow that we bear out is not because we don't have hope. The sorrow that we bear out is because we do have hope. The hope that we find in Christ. Lastly, do you not know that verse 136 is sort of a foreshadowing of the psalmist desiring that perfect man, that perfect person who will obey God's law, who will have God's heart and love God's heart fully and be able to show forth and manifest that love for his people? My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. But psalmist is looking for someone who can keep his law. Looking for someone who doesn't need to bring sacrifices to to the temple to be cleansed. He's longing for a time when in Israelite worship there is no need to slaughter a lamb, no need to slaughter animals to please God. But where we can come together simply in praise of Him. And it is that man that we know by the name of Jesus. And for us, it's not streams, my eye streams sheds of tears because your people do not keep your law. We need to amend this to say, my eyes shed streams of tears because Jesus has kept your law. My eyes shed streams of tears because Jesus has loved you perfectly, my Lord. And my eyes shed streams of tears because that love and that perfection has been given to me in faith. The tears that we shed today are not simply Tears because people do not keep their law, but it's, it's tears because Jesus has kept his law. In our hearts and our affections. We move only towards Jesus and Jesus alone. I ask you, brothers and sisters, today, I implore you, I implore. The Lord, our God, to demonstrate to all of our hearts the love that he has for us. I implore that the God would would demonstrate to your hearts that the only tears of real hope that we have that manifest in tears of sorrow and joy comes in being known by Jesus. I want you guys to cry. (laughs) I do. And I want you guys to have confusing tears at times too. And let me tell you, sometimes those tears will flow and you'll realize These tears are really for me. I want something in my life that I'm not getting. And then you start crying again. But I know I need to want Jesus more. And you'll have these two sets of tears coming out of your eyes. And you'll be like, what do I want? What do I want? My flesh wants this. But this is why I know that God is telling me that to want. And this is really the only thing that can help me. And I tell you, if you're there, that's a good place as well. because your eyes are turning to the cross and God will comfort you. May we be known as a people who shed many, many tears. But may we be a people who always have hope. Let's pray.